Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey, welcome to episode two of Thought Revolution. The first thing I'm going to say is that we are talking about creating buy-in for change, but I think creating buy-in for change is a waste of time. I totally do. Um, so it's kind of bait and switch on you. I say that because I think the premise of creating buy-in is based on like this idea that I'm going to convince you that my idea or my solution is right. And if you're thinking about how am I going to get you know Rick on board, how am I going to get Terry to buy in, how am I going to get Brian to go along, then you've already lost. Like that might work with like low impact change, but when the stakes are high, nine times out of ten, I just think you're going to lose. I've just experienced it and I've watched people do it over and over again. And I know it's just a saying, right? Like, hey, is Tim bought in? But it actually, like that perception, that place that we come from distorts like how we see the change process. And it limits, I think, you know, our ability to create real adoption. And I think that's really what we're after. Like I'm more interested today in talking about like how to create advocacy than buy-in, to be honest with you, because I think that's powerful to me. Like it's not semantics either. I think that there's a big difference between a team going along with the change and just having some compliance with it and a team driving a change. And I think you know what that difference looks like. And at the center of that difference really is like how we approach the conversation. So maybe some of you have heard about Simon Sinek. He has a great TED talk. He's an author, he's an influencer. Um, and he talks about you know coming from purpose and he's got a great, in his talk, talking about um, a great picture of what he calls the golden circle. There are three concentric circles and in the middle is why, um, and then it goes into how, and then the outer one is what. You know, and he talks about you know the, the mistake that leaders make in um, introducing change. And I want you to think about the last time you introduced a change that was happening in your organization and maybe how you introduced it. So maybe the change was, you know, a brand new IT implementation was happening, or maybe you were adopting a new process. You know, I, um, I do a lot of work in the field of performance improvement and lean management. So oftentimes leaders are introducing like a brand new um, continuous improvement concept or tool with their team. So I want you to think about how you've introduced that change. Maybe you tried to be perky and motivational. Like, hey guys, this is what we're doing. Maybe you've tried to be like direct, you know, and come from a mandate like, you guys, this is just the direction the organization is moving. Maybe you've tried to be more like, you know, um, you stand off, uh, not standoffish, but like more of like a don't shoot the messenger. Like, you guys, I know this is an ideal, but this is what's happening. Um, you know, maybe you've even been like customer focused, you know, and just shared, you know, I, you know, we have a great, you know, love and respect for what we, what we create for people. We want to make sure that we're still good stewards of our resources. We want to make sure that we're doing right for those we serve. Here's the deal. I think we make a fundamental mistake in that we try to start from conversation first. The sequence of communication that we come from is talking first. And most of the time when I'm in the rooms and leaders are doing this, you know, staff are looking at them like, what the hell? Like, why the hell are you saying this? Of course I'm a good steward. Or of course I'm doing, like I'm working my ass off to serve the people that come, you know, and get what they need from us. Like that's why I show up each day. So I feel like the mistake that we're making then has a lot to do with, you know, starting to come from a communication that's being pushed out instead of doing something a little bit different. So here's the thing. 
My experience shows me that leaders just make two mistakes. The first mistake I think that they make is they start the conversation with the what, right? They'll talk about the change, the tool, the goal, or the outcome, um, or they're gonna talk about the how, right? They're gonna talk about the plan, their method, you know, we're gonna use visual management, um, or the business rationale, we need to make sure that we're within budget. You know, here's the deal, you're going to experience tension around the how no matter what. You know, that's a matter of divergence and alignment. So what you need before you start is a common place that people can act from. And the second mistake I think that leaders make all the time is that they come from the wrong why. Like over and over again, what's great about leaders is they're trying to be focused on the customer for those they serve. That's awesome. But then they think that that's the right why when you're trying to build advocacy. So they'll say things like, you know what, you guys, we need to be better stewards. You know what? We need to actually make sure that we're delivering this with exceptional quality. We want to make a difference for people that we serve. Nine times out of 10, when I watch a team look at a leader say that, they're looking at them like, no shit, Sherlock, right? Because they feel that way, right? There's nothing bad or wrong with this message. It's just that it comes too early and it's incomplete. Because often what's happening is the staff is already struggling to deliver. And what gets missed in the why is the staff's need for a just work environment that aligns well so they can deliver exceptional value, right? I mean, this is at the heart of leadership is making sure that we're creating better futures for the staff that we work with so that they can improve the lives of the people that they're trying to serve. You just can't separate those two. You know, they're not exclusively different. They go hand in hand. And so this is the place that I think leaders make a miss because there's a much more powerful why to come from. So like, what is a powerful why? Okay. I think here's what you got to consider. Cause again, I, I mentioned this before. I think that leaders are really quick to talk and instead of listen, people will rarely follow what you say. I'm just gonna say that again. People rarely follow what you say. They do what they believe. Like, you know that's true. People don't follow what you say, they do what they believe. So as a leader, you need to tap into their beliefs, okay? You can't do that unless you listen. You have no way of doing that unless you listen. So how do you do that effectively? That's the fundamental question I wanna play with. I'm gonna give you four questions that I think all leaders need to get really good at using to pull the beliefs out in the open to create the opportunity for advocacy and change. I think that's really important. We spend way too much talking and not enough time listening. And then we don't know how to have and structure a listening session. Okay. It's fundamental. I've moved more teams than I can count. I was the guy that typically got brought in to move a team that was stuck. And I danced around these four questions and some variation of them because I knew that they made a difference. So here they are. The first question is, what is the pain that you're dealing with? We're going to unpack these four questions. What is the pain you're dealing with around your process, your performance, your engagement, right? The second question is, how does that impact you? How is that impacting your engagement or performance? That's really important. Some leaders do that and some, most leaders stop at those questions. The next question after that, this is question number three, is how should things be operating? What are we striving for? What do we want, right? And then the last question, which almost never gets asked would be what difference would it make for our, our performance, our engagement, our lives, if we were able to have that future? And those four questions asked um, and confirmed together create a powerful why and I'll explain. So let's start with the first question. First question is, 
what is the pain that you're experiencing? What are the pain points you're experiencing with your process, with your performance, with engagement, with your workload? Obviously, this is like how you finish that sentence is really contextual, right? People typically will say, so I go in and usually I don't know a team, so I'm asking that question and it's kind of like a blank slate. Maybe you as a leader might be going in and beginning to share what you understand the pain points are and then asking folks, what, are you, what have you missed? So there might be things that you're not understanding or that have surfaced that you're not aware of. Um, but what it does is it begins the conversation, right? It's low barrier and it's a way for you to confirm that you've got your finger on the pulse or you're surfacing what's happening, right? And people say all sorts of things like, you know, we have too much work on our plate. There's not enough time to get things done. Um, it's difficult dealing with shifting priorities. Like these are our pain points, right? We're constantly dealing with unplanned work popping up, crisis and emergency. So you wanna to begin to hear that and here's the deal. You're not just listening if it's possible, you're writing it down. You're trying to visualize the listening. It demonstrates something. It demonstrates that you care about what people say, right? It just kind of ups the ante. I don't care if somebody else is scribing it for you. You just want to be able to point to it. It's like it stops living in people's minds and it lives in the world. And I think that's really important about trying to have this listening process in place. I would say the second question then after you start to surface the pains is how does this impact you? And again, if you're a leader and you know it, you might share. You might share like, look, I realize that some of the pains that we have is we have a lot of work on our plates. You know, we're understaffed. There's a lot of shifting priorities. And I know that there's been some impact around how we're feeling burnt out or disengaged, okay? Um, but then open up the conversation. What other pain points am I not aware of or that you wanna share with me right now? I really wanna make sure that I understand it, you know? And make sure we ask after, you know, you've heard it, like, how does this impact you? And, and really dig. So when I'm with the team, I dig. So what impact does this have on your time, on your team's ability to perform, on your team's ability to get the work done? What impact does this have on your team's engagement? Um, what impact does it have on the issues you have to deal with? You know, and, and, and dig. I mean, I mean it. I, I get into, talk to me about the impact this has on your personal goals. Like maybe you have personal goals to, you know, make sure you're home for dinner every night or that you're able to work out and you're not able to get to that. You know, what impact does this have maybe on your lives? Um, I usually share stories for myself when I used to be a director of a program and things were crazy and I would come home and my wife called me Friday night Chris. And like, that wasn't like code for party. Like I was a dick. Like I would come home and I was grumpy. Um, I was not present. I was often like instigating fights. When we had kids, oftentimes like I was preoccupied at dinner because I was trying to still like think through some problems. So there was lots of things that were happening, right? And oftentimes when I really dig, folks will tell me something similar, right? That they don't feel like they have the patience for their kiddos, um, that they have anxiety, they have struggle sleeping, um, maybe they have a lot more stress, maybe there's health issues like blood pressure raising. I've heard a lot, even people telling me like, you know what, I feel like there's an uptick in my drinking. It, I'm surprised. Um, by what people tell me, but you gotta hear it. When we talk about impact, you cannot allow people to leave, live this question on the surface, like, well, our productivity has been impacted, or morale, those are concepts. So what impact does it have when we struggle with productivity? What impact does it have on our morale, right? You're listening for real responses, right? Like, I feel isolated. I feel like I just go numb, I feel burnt out. I feel disengaged. I feel undervalued, right? Like that is real and that's what we're trying to get at, okay? So before we get into the third question, I think it's imperative to kind of ask like 
an in-between question, which is, I know it sounds hokey, but you gotta ask it anyways because it's just part of the process. Is this what we really want? Like, that's the question. You ask it in your own way, but you really are asking like, up until now, everything that's happened created the present condition. Like, however you've been operating creates this present. And if you keep operating this way, it's gonna create a default future. Like, that's just, you're just gonna keep getting more of the same, right? So you're kind of asking the team, like, is this what we want? And, and sometimes it sounds weird, but you're just checking to make sure um, especially in their minds, you're starting to get them pointed and like, no, we don't want this. We want something different. Here's the deal. I don't have to do this typically as a facilitator, but what I have leaders do is own their shit. Okay. They have to own what parts of that they contributed to. And sometimes leaders didn't contribute to any of it. it they just kind of inherited it. But here's the deal. You still have to own that it's been happening on your watch, right? You haven't been able to change it yet. Even if you've tried, even if like, you know, all you're about is changing things, it's still powerful to own that you're bearing witness to it and that it's happening on your watch as a leader. That brings the authenticity into the game, which I think is really important. So make sure that that happens because then you can get into question number three, right? Which is if we don't want this to be our default future, then how should things operate? Like give me words to describe how we want the process to operate or how we want to be engaged or give me words to describe um, the kind of performance that we think is really important to have. And you're going to hear things like we want more reliability. We want more transparency. Um, we want some standardization. We want more focus on, on what things are. We want more clarity, whatever it is that people are bringing up. Remind, remember like these questions are being built around whatever change you're about to introduce. Don't have this conversation unless you're going to introduce a change. Otherwise, this is gonna go nowhere, okay? So just make sure that's happening. We're wanting to hear what the pains that people are experiencing um, in, in the context of a change that's, that's about to happen, like what's the, what's the experience with their process or the performance, what impact does it have, and now how should things be operating? Um, and you can ask it for, you know, how do we want it to operate or what are we currently doing to try to make it operate this way? I think that's really important. And then, here comes the money question. So you've asked the first three. The last question is, you know, if we were able to have more reliability, more transparency, more focus, whatever the, the, the future is that folks have described, what difference would it make for your lives? It's kind of like what impact would it have, but we're asking, asking it a little bit different. You know, and tease this out, make sure it's contextual. Like what difference would it make for our team's performance? What difference would it make for our team's engagement? Um, and then dig, just like you dug with impact, dig with this. Like what difference would it really make for your lives? Cause people are going to start surfacey. You don't want to know why? Cause our brains just start from that place. And, and two, the reason it's going to start surfacey is because we're at work, right? And so people are going to say things like, well, we'd have better productivity. We'd have better morale. But what we're really looking for is like, like the, the real impact, like, well, what difference would it make? Like if you felt more productive and then you're going to start to hear real human concerns, like I would feel successful, right? I would probably feel valued. I would feel accomplished, right? Right now I feel overworked and undervalued and what I wanna feel is successful and accomplished. That is huge, right? And I think that's really important. I'm gonna tell you a story. I was working with one group. Uh, they were a group largely of trades, um, tradesmen and women. This was hardcore shit. Like this is different than what I was used to. This was an awesome group, but they were real, right? And here I come in and I'm like, I'm gonna ask my four questions, you know? And I'm like, so what, what are the kind of pains you guys are dealing with? You know, and somebody was just like talking with you. He's like, you know what? You know, let me tell you what's going on in our world. Our plans change every single day and my crew might tell me to fuck off every single day, right? 
and that makes me feel, and that's powerful, so I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and write that off, crew tells me to fuck off. Like, what impact does it have on you, you know? And it, you know, you just like, it makes me feel like shit, right? And of course, he kind of plays it off, like, I don't let it ruin my day, but it gets to me, you know? And I think that's really, it was just powerful. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna write this down. This is going horribly at the moment. Um, you know, and as I, you know, like, well, tell me more about like, you know, if it makes you feel like, what does make you feel like shit? Like what impact does it have on you? Right. It's just, I'm digging a little bit here. And he's just like, well, it makes me want to walk off the job. Boom. That's an impact. I'm starting to see a pain, constantly changing plans, a crew that's not just low morale, it's kind of undermining, telling them to fuck off. And it makes them feel like leaving the job, like a leader is just done. That's huge. Right. So then the question is, well, what do you want? He's like, well, obviously I want the opposite, right? I want more reliability and I want dependability, right? I want reliability with what we're doing and I want dependability from my, from my staff, which is huge. So, and then we get to the money question, right? So what difference would it make for your lives? You know, and I come back to him and he's like, well, I wouldn't have to go have a smoke before I went and told my team, you know, we were about to do something different or, uh, I was like, great. Well, if you weren't smoking, then what would be there? Right. And he's like, well, psh, I wouldn't have to get defensive, you know, um, before I told my team, you know, something was going to happen. Right. And I was like, okay, well, and I kept digging, you know, and I was like, if you weren't smoking and if you weren't getting defensive, like what would be there? Like what would be there? Cause I'm not interested in what's not what you're not going to have to do. I'm interested in what would be there, like the impact. Right. And he's just kept staring at me. Like I thought he was going to like, you know, come over and punch me. And he stared at me for like, it just felt like forever. It was probably like four or five seconds. And he said, I'd have joy. Right. And everyone started cracking up. He's like, fine. He made me say it. Like, I'd be happy. Like I'd love my job. And all of a sudden he's just like demeanor kind of changed, you know? And he's like kind of irritated that he had to say those words, but it was his words, not mine. I went ahead and wrote them up as fast as I could, by the way. I was like, joy. Right. Um, but I mean, he was serious. He's like, I, I took this job cause I thought it would be fun to lead this crew. I grew up with this crew. And he just wanted to make a difference. He wanted to support a team. And instead, you know, he was just band-aiding things. And that was huge. Here's the deal. It was his words, not mine. If I came in and said, hey, we're going to bring joy to the workplace and here's how we're going to do it. They would have told me to fuck off. Right. And instead I got them to begin to unearth their beliefs. And that's the power of this. So, Here's how this works, right? When I talk about what's the powerful why, the answers to questions two and four, what's the impact and what's the difference? That is your why. You've now had a listening conversation. You've made that listening live in the world, not just by hearing somebody, but by putting it up on paper, right? And the why comes from just that, right? It, it just makes a world of difference when you're able to say, you know what? I can see or hear that you're totally overburdened and you're feeling blamed as a team. And I'm committed that you experienced every day as someone who's valued and trusted, right? The impact and the difference. The answer to question three is really your how. And you know, I can see how creating transparency and consistency is going to help with that, right? And the what is the method or tactic or the change that you're introducing, right? So for me, I might be introducing um, a lean management um, system instead of tools like visual management. And so I might say, you know what? I totally hear that you as a team are feeling overburdened and feeling blamed as a team. I would love for you guys to experience every day feeling valued and trusted. Like that's powerful. And I can see how creating that kind of transparency and consistency will actually help create that. What I would like to do is introduce a tool or concept that I think will help contribute 
like don't overpromise, but will contribute to transparency and consistency and contribute to the kind of future that we, you know, where we feel valued and trusted. And it's called visual management. Are you guys open to having me just share a little bit more, right? I have now created an opening. I have now pulled their beliefs. I haven't said what I think they're feeling like, hey, I, got I know you guys are dealing with having too much on your plate, but we got to do this, right? I know you guys are dealing with having too much on your plate and you, we're all feeling burnt out, right? Like that's not what this is about. You've taken the time to listen, confirm, and validate. And now what you're trying to do is offer an alternative that can speak to contributing that future. You've brought out their beliefs in their words. They're in a space. Now, now they might not necessarily like love what you have to introduce because you've still got a work of introducing and connecting whatever it is. Like this IT implementation is going to make a massive difference for us to have more transparency. And what I want is that transparency for you know, for us to be able to create more value and trust in our group. Like that's important for me, but you change the conversation, which I think is huge. Right. And that's what this is about. This is about changing from us pushing out communication, you know, to us listening. And that's, you know, the fundamental difference when it comes to, you know, building buy-in and at best compliance to building advocacy and adoption. You know, I think we think communication is about finding like a clever way to talk about something, uh, but we forget that in order to you know effectively communicate, um, the other person they have to be listening, right? And I don't just mean like not talking, like open. You know, most of the time when you know we share something, you know, even when folks are sharing like some of their hopes they're constantly playing in the back of their mind the resignation that's there like yeah that sounds good but yeah that sounds good however yeah we've tried that and right like it gets in their way here's the mistake that we make we think we can share about the change and then listen to input right when we really what should we should be really doing is listening for the needs and the desires of the team and then connecting the change to that so we've got the sequence all backwards so the four questions kind of help pull out those needs and desires to help you as a leader create a compelling why. And you don't have to come up with that why. You're pulling it. It comes from those who are going to experience the change, right? Use these four questions in the way that you want to. Dance around them. I don't really care. Just get versatile with them. And I hope if nothing else, I don't care about the four questions as like a tactic. I hope you're really getting what I'm talking about. This is about where you come from. This is about coming from value, right? And the value that you're trying to create is an emotional connection to what it is that you're offering. Because if you, what you're offering sucks, then yeah, you know, it doesn't matter like how much belief and desire there is in the room if you can't make that connection. So I think that's really important. But if what you're offering is a change, you know it can actually make a difference. Don't convince them surface and be with them around what it is that they want and desire. Cause I bet you that's what you want too. I bet you managers don't love being pulled into crisis and having to deal with complaints. I bet you managers, you know, and you as a leader want to develop people and excite them and be excited with them. Like that's a different ball game. You know, that's, that's something that I can get on board with. Right? So I want you to go, I want you to go out and try this. I really want you to, and I want you to share with me how it goes for you. I love, hearing from folks what they get from it. You're probably going to go out and you might fuck it up and that's fine. But I want you to come back and tell me, you know, what you learned. And I want you to try this. Now, don't go and have this conversation unless you have a change you're going to introduce, right? Um, and if you do, great. 
but I really do urge you to you know, just listen to this podcast again and give it a shot. I really think it's going to make a massive difference for um, the next time you have to deal with change and bringing folks along. So that's it. That's your dose of Thought Revolution for today. As always, I want you to spend your time making more of a difference than having to make it work, right? And I hope that we were able to get at that today. I'm Chris Inebro. Don't forget to like, comment, or leave a question for me. And please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. You guys, see you next time.